Hello, Sarah. How are you? Well, no, I say how are you. I know you haven't been well recently. You've you've had a no. serious bout of the flu, or maybe even the dreaded I th- COVID. I know. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people I know that have had flu, and they've obviously got the wrong strain this 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 year because I've had uh, I had the flu jab and everything. But yeah, well, not me for six to be honest for for a good week and. I only started feeling better midweek last week, so a uh, good 10 days of, of flu. So we're a bit later uh, sending this uh, recording out, really. But It's been a while since we watched the two films, so we'll get to them super quick. But you've been skiing as well. I have been skiing, yes, that's right. I had my ski trip over at a place called Winter Park in Denver, which was amazing. I think I worked out it was like 18 or 19 years since I last went skiing pre-kids. So I was thinking, I remember we were talking about this. I'll just be snow plowing for like three days. But to be honest, I kind of, <laughs> I think I kind of got back to where I was, if I can remember that far back, on about the third day. But I did, you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a good thing. This probably actually shows I wasn't pushing it hard enough, but I didn't fall over once. <laughs> actually, that's not that's true. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. You didn't fall I, over once. Wow. wow. Not whilst I was actually on a run, but I did fall over trying to get onto a ski lift. But that was that was my own fault for not realising yeah. how many seats there were on the seat. But it was amazing. Yeah, it was like the best snow in the States, apparently, for any resort. And glorious sunshine. And yeah, what an amazing experience. I don't know when I'll next go, but it was, yeah, it was amazing. I haven't been for a very long time. I think the last time I went, it was early 20s. And before that, I was about, I think I was about 10. And I went on a school trip. Very nice place. It was Tyrrell in in Austria. And I went with my sister. And she was not bad at skiing. And I was a beginner. She'd been before with with the school as well. And I never forget her pushing me off the T-bar halfway up. And me being a beginner, I could not get back up. And I also nearly went around twice on the chairlift because I couldn't get off the chairlift. So I'm I'm not great with anything with ice and snow. I am a winter baby, but I'm not very good with that kind of climate and those kind of sports, really. Ice skating and skiing, no. Well, do you know <laughs> give what? Me, give me a ball and a racket and I'm fine. <laughs> well, I'm with you there. But you'd be surprised at how far things have moved forward when it comes to ski i mean the last time i went skiing there were no helmets for starters but the skis these days they're a lot shorter and they're a lot wider i Uh can't remember i can't remember the term it might be easier then yeah yeah it was certainly very long i remember them being very long and i was like bambi falling all over the place yeah so it's a lot easier to control them which is probably why maybe it was slightly easier than i than i thought it was going to be god i remember school ski strip as well i remember Mm going for lessons at the dry ski slope beforehand <laughs> as if that yeah. re- as if that really prepared you for reals oh. yeah. and the last time i went to milton Keynes uh, snow dome oh i've never yeah, been there used, used to go been. there yeah used to scare the heebie-jeebies out of me because there's so many people that were so much better than me that would just try and swerve around me it, one one person got their comeuppance because they they then stop you know they stumbled and rolled down the slope after trying to do that with that's, with me. That's but, the last uh, time they yeah. do that. Yes, exactly. Don't come near me <laughs> on skis. Anyway, and I had nothing to do with it. I didn't trip them over or anything just to get that straight. Okay? <laughs> so it has been a while since we were both last on the podcast. You, you tend to watch a lot of movies. So what have you been watching? Being ill, you tend to just sort of go, Ugh, and just watch, stick something on on telly. 
So I've watched a, a bit of a cheesy film called Lou on Netflix, it's where a girl is taken from her mother's house in a remote village and the mother bangs on her nearest neighbour's door in hope of help and they get former CIA agent uh, Alison uh, Janney, the actress Alison, Alison Janney, to help with the rescue, basically. And she she's um, incredible, some of the moves that she does, and she's like this, this 60-, 70-year-old lady. So it was it was good. It was gripping. It was full of action. Some elements of cheese, but an easy watch. So there's, there's one for you, Lou. And then The Good Nurse I watched as well, which I think was probably the best film I watched all week. Eddie Redmayne and Jessica Chastain, uh, based on a true story about the mystery of why people are dying prematurely in certain hospitals where there's nurses and how the hospitals were also covering it up. True story, and it was incredible, actually, really good. And then I watched uh, the one, I think you watched it as well, The Banshees of Inishirin, with Colin Farrell and, and Brendan Gleeson, about two friends really just, just not getting on. Beautiful but grey Ireland. And it's off the west coast of Ireland as well. It's full of culture, I would say. Um, some elements are funny, but mostly quite dark. And Barry Keown plays uh, Dominic as the best friend of, of Padrick, played by Farrell. And he's so sweet and young and lovable character in this. And he won a BAFTA for his performance and he's now up for an Oscar as well. And I, I really hope he gets it. He's, he's such a, a lovely character to watch. And I hear... He's very, he's very sweet off camera as well. So, yeah, that's it. Those three are the main ones. But I have watched a load of others, but they're the top three. Well, to be honest, I don't know if I actually watched. I don't think I've watched many films since I've been away. Obviously, in fact, one of the films we're going to be reviewing, I watched On the Flight, which was quite handy. But we'll get onto that a little bit later. First off, given we're only a week away now from the Oscars, you quizzed me last time. Mm. My time to quiz you. So I've got five Oscar questions before we start the review. I'm going to be terrible at this. Go on, go for it, go for it. Question number one. Mm -hmm. Only two sequels have ever taken home the award for best picture. Can you name one of them? Two sequels. Mm. For best picture. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the best picture. Ooh, that's a toughie. Must be one that was really old and then been remade or something. Or... Shall I, I'll give you a clue. I'll, yeah. give you the, I'll give you the years of both of them. Mm. The one was 1974 and the other was 2003. I want to say Indiana Jones and then Indiana Jones. and So the one with, what would it be, Lost Ark? Raiders of the Lost Ark? And then the Temp, not Temple of Doom. The... That was after 1974, though, wasn't it? And before 2000. Oh, 74, you're right, 74. Oh, I have no idea. Go on, tell me. The Godfather Part 2 in uh, 1974. Oh, yeah. And okay. in 2003, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Right, gotcha. Okay, question number two. Who has been nominated the most times for Best Actor? To be fair, these are all quite tricky. I'm thinking either Tom Hanks, Jack Nicholson. Mm, has the Kev been in there? I'm going to go with, with Tom Tom Hanks. Oh, it's Jack Nicholson. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> I'm so close. That's, that's, I know. Are you I impressed? Know. I was so I, close. I'm very impressed. I didn't want to uh, say anything. Oh, yeah. No, Jack Nicholson holds the record with 12 Best Actor nominations. Wow. I think he's won three. But... Mm. 
on the subject of Tom Hanks, question number three. <laughs> Tom Hanks is one of the only actors to win a Best Actor Oscar two years in a row in 1994 and 1995. What films did he win for? I think it was Apollo 13 and Save It Private Ryan. Oh, man, it was Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia! Oh, and, and, and Apollo 13. No, and Forrest but, Gump. Oh! <laughs> I told you I'd be useless at No, this. like, you probably just named, like, his, those of his four probably Forrest Gump, of course. How could I get that wrong? Okay, question <laughs> number four. Who was the first woman to win the mm. Oscar for Best Director in 2010? 2010. So, I can give Frances you. Frances Did she? No. I want to say something like Jane Lundgren. I don't know who Jane Lundgren is, but there's a. I don't know. No, I have no idea. Sorry. It is Catherine Bigelow for The Hurt Locker. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, 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 yes. Question number five. Last question. I've got a Zilpois. So... Zilpois, but these are, Zilpois. These, are, these are super difficult. Question number five. The record for most Oscars won by a movie is 11, and three films have achieved this. Can you name one of them? So three movies jointly hold the record for each winning 11 Oscars. I know there was one the same year as Empire of the Sun. It was about the uh, last emperor. Is that what you're going for? Any others? Any there's Last Emperor, there's the Crouching Tiger win, lots and lots. Uh, I'm going to have to put you out of your misery. Yeah, go on. Okay, so three films are Ben-Hur. All right. Titanic. Titanic, of course. And Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. So there you go. They were super tough. I'm going to give you like a bonus question, all right? A bonus question. <laughs> Probably not going to get it. Go on, uh, Okay, right. It's, 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 it's an A, B, and C. Who is depicted on the Oscars Golden Statuette? Is it A, an actor, B, a knight, or C, a priest? Mm. You'd think actor, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's a priest. <laughs> so it'd be random. Actor, knight, or priest? I'll go for the middle. Knight. Yay! It's a knight. You got it. Yay. Yay. Got one right. Why is it? Why is it a knight? I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna ask that, and now you've shown me up because I don't have the answer. Well, I never knew that, but yeah, Uh, under which knight it is, Sir Sir Oscar. Sir Oscar. There we go. It's an actual fact. It's a stylized figure of a knight holding a crusader's sword standing on a reel of film with five spokes signifying the five original branches of the academy. That's actors, Mm -hmm. directors, producers, technicians, and writers. But why why it's actually a knight, though? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's because they wanted it to represent like a crusader of the industry. I was about to say, it sounds like Indiana Jones. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. The night and the five, whatever. Ten, what, oh, I don't know. I don't know what came first. How uh, bizarre! Right. Should we go to an Oscar-linked film. Oh, what? Okay. Should we start with Jerry Maguire then? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> the, and the Oscar goes to it was uh, it was Cuba Gooding Jr., wasn't it, uh, it for was. best supporting That's actor? Right. 
But I, I can't remember. I don't know whether Rennie Zellweger, whether she, she was nominated or not for this as well. I have to have looked that up. But anyway, this, it was uh, released in 1996. It was, I'm going to be honest, it was one of my favourite films for ages, simply due to the great storyline from Cameron Crowe. It's just got a sporty theme. I like sports. It's competitive. It's business related. It's about sports agents. I love the interaction between Tom Cruise and Rennie Zellweger characters jerry and, and dorothy and, and dorothy's son is so super cute in this it really is and her i love her sister's expressions throughout the whole film from laurel boyd played by bonnie hunt who you may have also seen in parenthood as well and there's, there's just lots of stars in this there's cuba gooding jr there's the late kelly preston jerry o'connor you've got jay and moi and you've got regina king as well as first time i met saw not met her saw regina king and obviously she's now a director isn't she um releasing lots of great films as well so this film is about a sports agent who gets fired from a large sports agency airing his moral epiphany he then forms a sports agency on his own with administrative assistant dorothy boyd using his philosophy and pinning his hopes really on just one client American footballer Rod Tidwell played by Cuba Gooding Jr and then really this journey sort of starts from there I'm not going to go into too much detail but obviously Cruz plays Jerry Maguire and I think this is probably one of my favorite films that he's been in really but Rob what do you think I really liked it really liked it I remember I remember when it first came out well first of all Cameron Crowe is definitely one of my favorite directors mm. it's interesting because he hasn't done like loads of films he did singles in 1992 then he did jerry Maguire 1996 almost famous we've mm-hmm. we've reviewed Review. that ourselves in 2000 vanilla sky which is one of my favorite films in 2001 which is when he next worked with tom cruise but i know i just i just think he's great i just think tom cruise is actually done quite a lot of films that you forget about which give him the chance to show more of his range I mean I know when you watch Tom Cruise he is always Tom Cruise and so much you know he cracks the smile and he has the same expressions but you could argue the same is the case for Harrison Ford or you could say the same is the same for like I don't know Jack Nicholson to a degree but because we've become so accustomed to him in action films you forget these little gems and for me, that's that's kind of what this film is. It's just quite nice seeing him play someone that's kind of a relatively normal character. I think back to films he's done like um, Rain Man, for example, or A Few Good Men, we've reviewed that. You've mm-hmm. got things like Magnolia, Vanilla Sky, I've already mentioned, Collateral. Like there are films that he stars in that you do kind of forget because he's now part of this massive Mission Impossible and obviously Top Gun coming back and even American Made when he was in that I really like that mm. kind of film and he it's almost like he does these little films in between the big franchise stuff and people forget them. I, I just thought the chemistry was really good between him and Bernie Zellweger. I love sports. Like I said before, so I really like the fact for me personally, it had that kind of subject matter in there. And yeah, like you say, the kid was great in it. I just really liked it. I kind of thought I would. And there's nothing about it that I watch now thinking, oh, you know, that looks a bit dated or that's a bit cheesy. You know, obviously there's that classic show me the money sequence in it, which is still just as funny as it once was. I kind of quite like the fact that 
again, it's Tom Cruise playing a character that you're with right from the word go in so much as like the beginning of the film, obviously he writes this kind of manuscript as to what a sports agent's morals or ethos should be that gets accidentally leaked to everybody in his particular company. And so I quite like the fact that the film comes from a decent place and that is what holds true throughout the whole thing. I like the fact it deals with friendships, like the friendship he has with Hubert Gooding Jr.'s character. And I love the fact that Rod Tidwell, isn't he? He's kind of this NFL star who's hasn't quite made it because he's everything's about himself and he's not really thinking about the team. He's not thinking about everything that used to drive him on when he was younger. He's kind of just kind of hit this ceiling. And Tom Cruise basically almost, well, he has no choice, isn't he? He's the only client he's got. He's just lost his biggest uh, client to like a rival. So he ends up almost having to become Rod's best mate, following him around, helping him and his family, and eventually like spurring him on to do really good things. And whilst doing that, obviously, there's that blossoming friendship and relationship. Dorothy, who becomes his PA, who's the only other one that follows him on his little crusade. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what more to say about it, really. I just really liked it. Cameron Crowe always does really well. I think there's, I think there was some, it has been, it's been a while since we watched this because we've had the break, but I think I remember there being some quite cool music tracks in this as well. Cameron Crowe is obviously very good with that kind of stuff. I thought it was really well written. Cameron Crowe wrote this as well. I thought the script was really good. Um, it's got show me the money, you had me at hello. You know, it's got some very memorable lines as well. And what I, f- I find, you, met, you rattle off a load of, of films that Tom Cruise has been in, and he's always plays kind of a slightly arrogant character, but then gets stripped back. Like in Rain Man, he gets stripped back. This, he gets stripped back again because he's had a, a bit of a, you know, he got fired and he, he's having to start from scratch again and rebuild himself. And, and it's got that not lovely family feel in this film as well. And you get to see his softer side and how he really loves, he loves that kid, doesn't he? And probably, probably the wrong way around. He loves the kid first and then he loves Dorothy. But yeah. It's, I think it's up there as a classic for me. I still really like it. And there are a few places where I think it is a little bit long. I'm going to be honest. Um, this is a, it's quite, I can't remember how long it is, but it's, it feels in occasions slightly long. But at the same time, it's fast paced by with the little snippets of almost like a, a Harry Met Sally style where a sports presenter will come in and say a few words and then it zooms out again to being with, with Jerry again. And I'm sure it's probably got loads of American famous sports stars in it but which we probably don't recognize because you know we're not exposed to that as much over here in the uk but yeah it's certainly uh really well written definitely and uh as you say it did win win, win an oscar cuba gooding jr yeah uh, it was nominated in quite a, a few other categories so tom cruise was was nominated as well for best actor and also and also it was nominated for best picture Best writing and best film editing. Yep. Yeah, Renée Zellweger. She did. So she didn't get a nomination for this. She no, did, she, she did no. win, but she did win. She was nominated in some of the other awards, but not this one. 
this was a bit of a purple patch for her as well, wasn't it? This kind of yeah, period. I think it launched her career. This one uh, definitely. And um, she she started in a film with um, Jim Carrey beforehand, I believe, and then uh, she she did this, and then after that she was in Cold Mountain, and and obviously Bridget Jones and all those. Uh, you know, I I really like her as a person as well, and she's done Judy, and she did a great job of playing Judy Garland more recently. But yeah, she's quite an impressive actress, definitely. It's funny you mentioned Judy Garland. I I mm. absolutely loved that film. I thought she was mm. I thought she was absolutely amazing in that. Mm. She was, um, yeah. And also, I, I like her character in this, um, and maybe that's why she went on to do the Bridget Jones, because she just plays such a kind of normal person. And you know, mm. you kind she's of say that sweet. She's, she's very, very sweet. sweet. But you say the way in which like Tom Cruise's arrogance gets stripped back in some way, that's almost thanks to her to, to a degree. Mm. She, she's mm. this, like single parent from a relatively normal family. Yeah. And I like the fact that the way her character is, 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 is very natural, which really, yeah. which yeah. I, thought, so, I thought was so what are you going to give it? I think I would give it eight and a half out of 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm debating whether, cause I've got, I've written down here nine and a half out of 10, but I'm, I'm wondering whether I'm being a bit too, uh, it definitely was my favorite film for a long time. I'm going to go for 10 out of 10 because I, I, mean, I think, and I think the reason being is, is that, and I think I gave 10 out of 10 for almost famous as well. I think Cameron Crowe is a, is a great director and, and writer. And I would say that I prefer this one over almost famous, almost, um, almost, almost famous, almost, but it's definitely up there as my, one of my favorite films. So 10 out of 10 for me. Amazing. Well, hopefully we'll get a chance to see. One of my favourite films from Cameron Crowe, Vanilla Sky, because it's on my list. I know it's a slightly mm-hmm. different film, but hopefully we'll get to do that soon. Right, yep. shall we move on? Yep. So Ant-Man and the Wasp and Quantumania. Quantumania. That's right. Okay. Okay. Right. So mm-hmm. this is directed by Peyton Reed, written by Jeff Loveness. I haven't got much love for Jeff. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. So... Um, I actually watched the first two Ant-Mans before this because I hadn't seen them. I thought I can't. Oh, right. Okay. However, disclaimer right from the start, I haven't seen Ant-Man in any of the other Avenger films because I believe he was in one of the climactic films from like the last series. Mm -hmm. Was it Infinity War, I believe, or one of those? Endgame, yeah. Endgame, there you go. So I'm not familiar with that particular film. I'm not sure whether it matters. And I actually quite enjoyed the the first two films. Um, I watched them with my daughter. Yeah, they were just seemed really kind of fun and quite light and funny and everything you'd expect in terms of films with someone like Paul Rudd in them, of course, who plays Ant-Man. Um, this one took a bit of a turn for me, got to be honest. So I'll sum it up as quickly as I can. So we start in present day where we got Scott Lang, Ant-Man, who's just released his memoir and is kind of living quite happily with his girlfriend, Hope Van Dyne, who's uh, the Wasp, played by Evangeline Lilly, and Lang's daughter, Cassie. And Cassie's become a bit of a activist. She's become like a teenager and is a lot older now, and she's also seemingly gained these amazing engineering tech skills uh <laughs> and she let slip to dr hank pym played by michael douglas and janet van dyne played by michelle pfeiffer 
that she has come up with this device that can make contact with the quantum realm subject of of the second film and where Michelle Pfeiffer's character Janet Van Dyne was of course trapped. So she kind of reveals this new piece of tech and inadvertently opens up a portal which sucks them all back into the quantum realm. They kind of land in different areas of it. They get split up. So you've got Lang and Cassie who are like found by these native type characters who are rebelling against their ruler. Whilst you've got Hope, Janet and Hank who go off on this sprawling, almost in fact, really just reminded me of Star Wars a lot of this particular part of the film. They went off on this kind of exploration of all these different cities where Janet tracks down a, a long-term friend from when she was in the realm and finds out that the whole universe or this particular realm is now being ruled by Kang, who's the evil villain. So this is a bit of a problem because when Janet was in the quantum realm, 30 years apparently trapped down there, she met Kang and they were working together to try and escape on the basis that he had this multiversal power core and she helped him rebuild it but then after seeing visions of him destroying worlds she basically enlarges it so it's kind of rendered useless so he's been stranded there all this time ever since and so if he effectively becomes the baddie who then seeks everybody down and then For me, anyway, it just goes on a familiar pathway to a big, bangy, smashy, climactic road. There's obviously, there's there's more to it, but that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I'm going to hand over to you straight away, Sarah. Let me know what you think. (laughs) So uh, it's almost going into the the quantum realm. It's it's almost a bit like Disney's Strange World, which was released around Christmas time on uh, Disney Plus, and I think it was in the cinemas as well. You just go into this very sort of colourful world, lots of interesting-looking creatures, and I would say even some creatures from Strange World were in this kind of almost real-life world. There's a lot of light, and that usually lands with, I think, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas's characters, and then we meet also Lord Kryler, who is played by Bill Murray, First of all, you see Bill Murray and you think, oh, it's going to be... There is an ode to Bill Murray in a lot of films, I have to say, from Zombieland to this. And he brings a bit of the light, but he's also quite an an evil character at the same time for a very short spell, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I like the Ant-Man series because I like Paul Rudd. I like Evangeline Lilly. I like Michael Douglas. And then when Michelle Pfeiffer came into it in the second one, I was like, amazing. I haven't seen Michelle Pfeiffer for so long. And it was great to see her acting again because I hadn't, you know, she had such a, a strong number of films when I was growing up in the sort of 80s, 90s, noughties. And I think she's an amazing actress. And then you've got Bill Murray that suddenly appears in this film and and then you've got Jonathan Majors who plays Khan he's super evil so you had that light patch with Bill Murray piece and you had with the interesting weird characters and then you have Kang the Conqueror who is really dark and horrible and he's trying to get back to his his world so there's very much a light and dark However, it's a complete nonsense at the same time. This multiverse quantum realm piece. It's just like, oh, again, please. We've already had 
Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch's character, and him going off and doing this multiverse thing. I just want them to just come back, come back to the real world where it was funny in the first one, which was released in 2015, I believe it was, and where it's a bit more like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids kind of style movie where they can sort of downsize and reduce the size of police cars, for example, to turn them into toy cars. And, you know, enlarge things like the the Thomas the Tank Engine toy. And the, and it's fun, that's funny. But where they move into this weird sort of strange world environment, it's going a bit OTT now, to be honest. So I'm hoping if they do release the next one, Kang is going to be involved, definitely. But can they bring it back to the real world? That's the question. Can they bring it back to Earth? where it'll get a bit more interesting, I think, with with the technology that they got. And good on Cassie with her STEM skills. And and I'm glad that they've got a female engineer in there. And and obviously Michelle Pfeiffer's character, Janet Van Dyne, is is very uh, techie as well. But I like the fact that they're bringing a bit of diversity and inclusion in there as well. And it could motivate some young girls to think, oh, I can, I can do that. I can be an engineer and... But however, engineering yourself into the multiverse quantum realm is a little bit far-fetched. <laughs> but I don't know, all the Marvel series, I guess, is a little bit like that. And I suppose we even had it with um, with Spider-Man in Spider-Verse. Is that the future of Marvel? Are we going to constantly see this this multiverse side? I, I don't know. It's, it's just getting a bit... I just want them to come back to Earth, to be honest. Oh, I totally agree. Well, we had a whatsapp exchange after we both saw this and we didn't necessarily give away our thoughts on it but you made some comment i'm going to find this comment right now because it kind of cracked <laughs> it because it, it cracked me up yeah you said i wish they'd make it more focused on earth and you're so you're so right you do you do and you just said it then as well i couldn't agree yeah. more that, that that's why i like the first two because the first mm. two it was in the real world. There's plenty of light in it. And although, like, I suppose you, you, you're going to inevitably do that with an origin story because it is just a normal guy. How does he become Ant-Man or the superhero? But even the second one, I quite, I quite, mm-hmm. I liked. And like yep. said, I love the characters and the actors. But as soon as they went into the quantum realm, okay, initially when they land there, I thought it looked pretty cool, but trippy. You know, yeah. cool. And in the trailer, they had that specific part when they arrive there and they're all looking out. And I think they even had a famous Elton John track playing with in the trailer that doesn't even feature mm. in the film. Mm-hmm. And and that really it was like a bit of a wow moment in the trailer for me. But oh my god, as soon as they got in there, well, for a start, it looked like someone was just trying to copy elements of the latest Star Wars series, the, the worst bits of the new Star Wars series, with like people going around to all these galaxies, chatting to people, all these strange creatures. It was definitely some kind of like nod to Star Wars in there, which I just didn't like. Interesting you say that because the director, Peyton Reed, actually did Mandalorian as well. Well, okay. Well, I mean that makes sense. Well, I'm, some I, some connections there. Yeah, I just found it. I just found it lost its way very quickly, and it just became this. I don't know. Just this, just a bit boring. I was bored. Like there mm. was so much ponderous dialogue between Kang and Michelle Pfeiffer's characters. It was 
it was taking itself so seriously about, you know, kind of what these, you know, the myths. And I, I was just like, oh, my God, this is Ant-Man. For an actual fact, I thought, hang on, this is not really about Ant-Man. You don't really see it's that true, much of true. Ant-Man. It's more about yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer's character. And like, mm. as I say, and it just, I don't know, just found it all dark and turgid and boring and it dragged that. And, and for me, it just lost the kind of charm of the first one and and the second one it's almost like if you're gonna have a superhero series with paul rudd in it then i don't think it works so well when you go into this kind of i was gonna say realm and you're right the multiverse i mean like how far are they gonna take this you know we've already seen them do it so often now that you know it's a plot device as well for restarting stuff ending stuff stuff comes back we've even seen like you know everything everywhere all at once that's mm. up for an oscar that which i think that did it way more interestingly and way better and yeah i i just i, I just felt so disappointed because i watched the first two and as a result of that i was kind of quite looking forward to this one but it just felt like a, a completely aside the opening before they got down there was similar in the tone as the first two. And I thought, okay, great. But as soon as they got down there, I lost interest very quick. Um, yeah. I went to see it with my family and actually my boys got bored of it. So if it's that boring for my boys and they love all this Marvel stuff, there's something wrong with it. So it's interesting. It's, it's got it's about six and a half out of 10 or something in IMDb around that mark anyway. And um so there are people that like it. I mean, there'll be people that um, that are huge Marvel fans that will be would have loved it, absolutely yeah. loved it. So and, and that's credit that, uh, is fine, absolutely fine, but yeah. not for me. You're right. That's absolutely fine. If you're a Marvel fan, you're going to like it, and not every Marvel fan's going to be a hit. But to be honest, that's one of the things I was quite surprised at. Marvel just seems to be so good at reeling out these films, and they're they're just well put together. With, with good, you know, with good scripts and they're very watchable. Yeah, they can be a bit fighty, but on the whole, I think they're always done very well. This, for me, stands out like a sore thumb as something mm. which which wasn't done well. I just don't think no. it was done well at all. No, no, I completely agree. Anyway, so I'm going to give it, I'm going to be shocked, quite controversial. I'm going to give it a five out of ten. Yeah. I, I just didn't, didn't enjoy it at all. Yeah. I'm going to give it five, which might well be the lowest score I've actually given mm, any film that we've me. reviewed. They just messed it up. Yeah, they did. And I feel bad because I made you watch it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 don't. No, don't. don't no, it wasn't like, I did like walk I was so, out or anything like that. I was so excited. I really was excited to see it. But then I love all the actors and actresses in it. Um, it's just, yeah, it didn't hit the mark. Didn't hit the mark at all. Okay, so moving on, before we come on to the two films we're going to review for next podcast. I thought we might look at another couple of categories for the mm-hmm. Oscars just to see who we both think might win. So why don't we have a look at Best Picture okay, um, and see what we both think. So in Best Picture, we've got All Quiet on the Western Front, which is that Netflix film. Which and did I, very well at the BAFTAs as well. It did. We've got Avatar The Way of Water. Which mm-hmm. of course we watched. Banshees of Inisherin, you've you've just talked about that. Elvis, which I loved. Everything everywhere all at once. Bonkers, but like you say, critics love it. The Fablemans, which we reviewed, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Stop the Press, Triangle of Sadness, which is a lesser known film, uh, and Women Talking. 
What, what would you go for? What do you think is going to win? I mean, I did watch All Quiet on the Western Front, and I, th- I did think it was very well done. And seeing it from a German's perspective as well, because usually it's from an American or a British perspective. I don't know the American side, though. I mean, obviously, All Quiet on the Western Front did win a lot of BAFTAs. Not necessarily the film that you like the most, but the film you think will win it. I think... I'm wondering whether everything, everywhere, all at once might get it. Just for being completely, completely nuts. <laughs> I reckon it's between that one and All Quiet on the Western Front. However, Elvis was very well done, but I think that's credit to to the actor, Austin Butler there. I think he may potentially get best actor, Austin Butler. I totally agree. I think it's going to be. The, I think it is going to be everything, everywhere, all at once. And I, if Fablemans wins, then yeah, uh, it can't. Mm, I, I, mm. I think if it's not everything, everywhere, all at once, I just think that's going to win. I think if Banshees of Inertia and won't win Best Picture. Mm, no. Elvis, I loved Elvis. Got to be honest, mm, but I don't think it's good. don't think it's as interesting and different as everything, everywhere, all at once. Avatar won't win because it's Avatar. Can you imagine? Yeah, can you imagine the Top Gun one? That would be hilarious. <laughs> no, it won't win. And then uh, Tar um, is, I, I know, I don't think that will get it either. Women talking, I've seen a lot of good press about that, actually, but uh, I think they may go a bit quirky. It's quite often the best picture film. is quite often a film that I don't particularly like. However, I think, did Coda win it last time? I think Coda was, I thought Coda was a great film. Go on, what's the other category you wanted to cover? Well, the other category I thought I'd cover only because we've seen Between Us, mm. I think we've seen most of the films, would be Best Actor in a Supporting Role. So we've got Brendan Gleeson, The Banshees of Inisherin. We've got Brian Tyree Henry from Causeway. I don't know that film. I don't know him. We've got Judd Hirsch, who plays the elderly uncle, or it might have been granddad, was it, in The Fablemans. Mm. We've got Barry Keown from The Banshees of Inisherin, and then we've got Ki Young Kwan from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Barry Keown for me. I think yeah, you're I right. Was, I think it was brilliant. I think you're right. I think it could be him. I think it's either him or Ki Young Kwan from Everything, yeah. Everywhere, All at Once on the basis yeah. that's just cleaning up everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. We'll see. And then Best Supporting Actress. You've got Angela Bassett from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. You've got Hong Chow from The Whale. You've got Kerry Condon for The Banshees of Inisherin. And you've got Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And then you've got Stephanie Huzu from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Gosh, you got two from that. I know. Oh, I really want to say Jamie Lee Curtis, actually. But I'm wondering whether it'll be Hong Chow from, from The Whale. Hmm. I think this is quite a tough one. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to say Stephanie Hissou from Everything Everywhere okay. All at Once. And Kerry Condon won it from the Banshees one for the BAFTAs, actually, didn't she? Oh, okay. Well, maybe yeah. she's in, she must be in with the show mm, as well then. Maybe. Yep. There you go. Let's see, eh? Next week. Next weekend. We're hoping to get this, this recording out, aren't we? For just beforehand. That's right. So, first of all, let's do the oldie. And we've already done comedy, adventure, guilty pleasure, thriller, horror, comedy, romance. So, what genre? Are you going to pick, Sarah? Sci-fi. 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 Okay, so I've now actually only got... I can't believe this. There's got to be more. But I've only got seven on my sci-fi list. Seven. I'm going to go for number two, please. Number two is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Okay. Which is the 
which is the first of the trilogy. That's the new lot, though, isn't it? It's not the old Planet of the Apes. That's right. So this is uh, Andy Serkis, James Franco. So this is from 2011 and... A substance designed to help the brain repair itself gives advanced intelligence to a chimpanzee who leads an ape uprising. I mean, I remember this film so vividly for just how incredible the CGI, the apes were yep. brought to life. I just, I just thought it was groundbreaking yep. from that point of view. So it's streaming currently on Disney Plus. You can rent or buy on pretty much most of the other on-demand platforms. So, you know, Amazon Prime, Sky Store, Apple TV, etc., etc. Good, good. Right. The newbie with the Oscars everywhere. There's not a whole heap of big films coming out, but we have picked an Adam Driver film, which is soon to be out in cinemas, which is called 65. Action adventure drama, an astronaut crash lands on a mysterious planet only to discover he's not alone. Well, that that doesn't tell us too much, does it? Um, so <laughs> I like Adam Driver, but I, I don't do think well. I don't think I've ever. I mean, apart from Kylo Ren, as I've never seen him in bit of action, bit yeah. of action, bit of sci-fi action. So mm. it will be good. I work in London, and this is heavily promoted in the tube stations in London at the moment. So uh, it caught my eye, and I thought mm, that looks quite good. I fancy watching that. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And as you say, this is from the makers of Quiet Place, isn't it? Yes. Which I absolutely loved. So Mm. that bodes well. Yeah, sounds good. Great. Well, we've got two kind of sci-fi, both sci-fi films, really, I would say, that we're going to watch this week. And we anticipate the results of the Oscars as well. That's right. That's right. So next time we're on, we can compare notes I'll dig out what we said for each category, see how we (laughs) fared. But I suspect everything, everywhere, all at once. The film that we thought was absolutely bonkers seems to just be ripping it up everywhere, doesn't it? It was lovely to see. I love it these days when they have the BAFTAs because they actually have all the stars that are nominated now in the room. I remember years and years ago when I was much younger when they used to be on and used to find that the, the Americans wouldn't come over for, for the BAFTAs. But now it's seen as, you know, I guess when one of their awards list of ones to attend and the everything everywhere all at once crew were all there and unfortunately they didn't get much apart from probably i think they must have got something on the special effects side potentially or the sound or whatever maybe that means it's like an american thing right i, don't I think maybe... it's a more i think it's more i agree more of an american thing maybe a bit more of a korean american japanese kind of thing rather than the european thing i thought it was bonkers I wonder what, um, or quite on the Western Front, I was going to say Preston, Western Front is... All quiet uh, on the Preston Front. That <laughs> I wonder be the what, sequel. <laughs> where they're all quiet on the, the Western Front is actually winning across the rest of Europe as well, because obviously there's awards that are happening in Germany, in France, etc. as well. So I might watch that again. I watched that when it first came out on Netflix and I was mm. a little bit sleepy and I wasn't really concentrating. Mm. And I'm wondering whether I might watch it again because, yeah, yeah it does seem like it it's... Was good. Very, very good. Right. So we will see you next time. I'm off to have a sausage casserole. How about that? I haven't, I haven't eaten yet. I fancy a bit of salmon tonight. Yeah, there you go. You have your salmon, yeah. I'll have my sausage casserole, and we can also <laughs> compare notes on that next time. <laughs> and talk about biscuits and crisps and all that other jazz as well. It would yeah. be the same if we didn't finish on food. I know, I know, exactly. All right. Good. Okay. Good to see you. 
Take care. Thanks, listeners. Bye. Bye.